Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. Friends, welcome to Shift Drink on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm Eddie Kim, proud DCist, sneaky barman, and highball evangelist. And I am Matthew Ramsey, Wiley Coyote, karaoke cowboy, and cold beer botanist. Uh, we're back, man. We're both back. Both of us are finally back. I haven't seen you in three weeks, actually. That's really we're weird. We're trying to count days. We have, a, we have a, a podcast where we both co-host, but we've been co-hosting them separately. I, well, I mean, I hear there's something called the internet. We can still talk to each other. That's true. That is true. <laughs> um, every week, we share a shift drink and swap war stories from behind the line with chefs, bartenders, bakers, brewers, uh, and anyone who touches this all-encompassing industry, including food critics. Uh, this week, we are joined by Ann Limpert. Uh, executive food editor and critic for The Washingtonian, uh, which recently released its annual 100 Very Best Restaurant issue, uh, which can be found in your local grocery store. Uh, <laughs> Amazon delivery has not taken over the world. If they haven't yet. yet. You know. But it is at Whole Foods. So it's groceries so still exist. one and the same. Uh, yeah, Whole Foods and... CVS, uh, CVS. Giant. <laughs> Get all, those all, all the places. All Welcome, man. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Thank and, you for joining and us. And delivers them personally to all the locations. It, yes. Um, now, it should be noted, um, so when, when we were we were kind of texting uh, before the show um, just about anonymity, you, you uh, are still fairly anonymous out there. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. When, when Tom Sietzema joined us, he, he was donning a wig and, and glasses and a hat. Um, and you, it turns out, don't actually own any wigs. I don't own any wigs. I don't do disguises. So we provided some disguises <laughs> and wigs. Uh, Eddie is donning a panda uh, something. It kind of looks like a badger, I'll be honest. It's, it's, it's black and white. It's, it's got to be shape panda. Of the nose. I'm uh, taking over for Bebe. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm wearing uh, what can only be called an orangutan, kind of. I, I don't know. It's like for, a I'm terrifying a baby mask. Yeah, it's, it's for children. <laughs> yeah. uh, I can't actually fit it over my face, so it's on my head, making me look like I have hair. Um, and you have opted for the cool hoodie. The boring hoodie, yeah. No, not boring at all. Kind of very Flying Nun-esque. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going yeah. for. Um, um, before we dig too far into it, maybe like a little uh, yeah. news in the week in the news? Sure. Uh, what's been going on? Um, a couple days ago announced the Spotted Pig is finally, well not finally, it is is closing. Um Pretty big news in the industry. About 80 people are going to be now out of work. Uh, probably a major result of the agreement that was put together several weeks ago where um, Ken Friedman had to pay $240,000 and 20% of his profits back to the spot, uh, to employees over 10 years. But now they're just he's just packing it up and calling it quits, which I, I feel is inevitable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any going back from... No. Nah, it's... Yeah. Um, in other news, uh, baby nut now a thing. I think I think twenty twenty is going to be the year. Well, of of the, of the baby, baby everything. Anything. Yeah, Yoda. We uh, we blame you. 
But um, I actually didn't even see the Super Bowl because I was, I was working last night. Um, As was I. Uh, what did you do for the Super Bowl? Um, I watched Frozen for like the 17,000th time with this, my three-year-old. Yeah. Inspired yeah. by uh, your daughter? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's all she lets me do. Um, I'm a big fan of Frozen. Are you? Absolutely. Have you, have you seen, I'm guessing you've seen Frozen too? I have not. Okay. No, she's, <laughs> she's not movie theater ready yet. Okay. I is, feel it like is it out? Oh, it's out, yeah. Oh, oh I have right. not, I'm sorry. I've not, I've, apparently I'm not that big of a Frozen fan. I know that because when I went to Target to buy her a Frozen dress, like there's like Frozen 2 toothpaste and shampoo. I mean like literally everything Oh, those have branded. never gone away. It's like not even since the first, when the first really? Frozen came out. <laughs> it's <laughs> bizarre. Uh, I don't, I have... Shamedly, only seen Frozen once, but it was during an extreme bout of a stomach bug, and I was literally letting it go to let it go. Oof. So I, I can't, I can't revisit that one. <laughs> I'll tell you, I was in an, when I was in, in L.A. a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was actually in a bar drinking with the cast of Frozen, the, what? the musical. Not on ice or on ice? Uh, not on ice. Okay. Not on ice. The regular, regular Frozen. But anyways, delightful people. Good. <laughs> Uh, other news, um, well, I guess it's kind of older news at this point, but our, our, our friend Dante had a, a pop-up last week at Green Zone for his uh, upcoming Daru, which apparently was just a huge success, so congratulations. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Oh. That's, that's no, it not much. <laughs> we were both just getting reacquainted with each other, first that's of all. Right. That's right. Uh, well, actually, speaking of drinks... Um, you might be the first person to actually ask for this shift drink. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's pretty kind of a little demure. They, they straight to the demure side. I mean, of... I did think this was a little aggressive for 3 p.m. on a Monday. <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, but I respect that move. But also, uh, when I asked you, you said literally anything martini. Um, so we, we came up with a, um, a watermelon Jolly Rancher uh, martini for you. <gasps> Oh, that's what that Salted is. Salted rim. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like it very much. Thank uh, you. I, I don't know. I've, I've recently actually been uh, obsessed with the Julia Child martini, and I didn't know this was a thing until recently. Um, I had it over at Reveler's Hour. Um, but it's like my ideal martini. It's, it's wet, super wet. Um, it's low ABV, so you can enjoy multiple, multiple of them. Um, and then there's like that nice citrusy deliciousness. Yeah. So I made this one. Uh, you you requested the Julia Child martini, which is a well, wet I, I martini. Julia Child. <laughs> uh, wet generally means extra vermouth, not dry. Um, so this is actually five parts vermouth, one part gin. Oh. Uh, what a lot of people, uh, the snooty bartenders, call a reverse martini. So um, I split the vermouth between Capital Line Dry Vermouth and Dolan Dry. So we get a little bit of a rounder mouthfeel from the Dolan. Uh, the Capital Line provides that herbal. Um, note and then uh, a little bit of Lon- Gordon Gordon's London Dry Gin. So it's lower ABV. You you can still pat yourself on the back <laughs> of being uh, being temperate no, for a little bit. But, um, but maybe you wanted something for our hard hitting questions. Well, so I'm kind of new to martinis. <laughs> I I drank them in college, but I got them like I got them the way my mom would order them, which is like Tanqueray extra extra dry with like a twist, and that's just a cup of. Gin. Yeah, and it like, really is. It's so just like they really, swirl the bottle over the top. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Did your mom give you your first martini? <laughs> um, but I've just recently gotten back to them, but I like them really, really embarrassingly dirty. So yeah. I'm, I'm like trying to learn a better way. Ah, okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a dirty martini. No, not at all. Well, I think embarrassingly I mean, martini I mean, dirty is actually a new term that I, I don't know. 
<laughs> What's that? Embarrassing in my taste. I've heard like you filthy, yeah, yeah. extra filthy. Uh, was it slow and slow and on the ground, dirty, nasty? Well, I think that, yeah. The, ne- the next move is just it's just literally all juice with the, with in any way the just gym spilled all over the glass. Um, yeah, when I was a kid, I used to drink olive juice from the. Yeah, that was my like sneaky move. Uh, is it hard looking at me with this mask on? Is this changing how? It's you... actually kind of like morphed into your. <laughs> <laughs> just a giant eyebrow. Um, I remember my first martini was with my mom actually uh, over at uh, Blues Alley, and I was blown away. I'd never really experienced gin in that capacity, and it was just like sucking on a pine branch. Yeah. Um, but look at us now, guys. Look at us now. Fancy. Um, was this your first drink that you had now that the Washingtonian very best 100 list is out? The first drink? Uh, yeah. What was your first drink? Oh, man. A martini at home. Yeah. A dirty one. <laughs> awesome. I also like them wet. Yeah? Yeah. I think it, yeah, I don't know. I just, vermouth is something to be celebrated. Um, well, we actually prepare a, a little thing we call Two Truths, One Lie. Two Truths, One Lie. Now, mutual friend Kate Nuremberg was uh, at the Tale of Goat over the weekend, <laughs> and she let it slide that she helped you uh, prepare these things. Yeah, but they kind of went out the window. I okay. came up with new ones. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do really you, over-prepare. <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you got for us? Okay. I once made a cup of coffee for Jeff Bezos. I once made dessert for David Bowie. And mm. for a very long time, I started my day with a bag of Funyuns. <laughs> so so two, two of these are things that you may or may not have made for very famous people. And then the other is you ate a bag of Funyuns for breakfast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I, I, I have no idea. Eddie is at a loss. I'm going to say... Um, Dessert for I don't, Bowie. I feel like the, the, the extravagant ones have to be true. Bowie. And that the most basic of, uh, I'm guessing she like doesn't like onions or... Because Funyuns have onions in them. Yeah, that's real. That's real. That's the number one ingredient. All right, fair. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the Funyuns is the lot. You have to have a pretty prosaic palate to be able to... Yeah, there's, know, I mean, to, obviously... To be a food critic, so you... But I don't know what those, I, I don't know what the, the nuances of her palate are. We don't know that yet. But we're going to ask. It's, it's almost, oh, okay, well. What do you think? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with dessert for David Bowie. Oh, that's, you think that's the lie? Yes. Okay, but just know, public, I disagree with this. I think it's the Funyuns. But no, you know what? You United can do, Front. You can do you. United you do Front. You. No, no. <laughs> okay. You. We've, been a, we've, been a, we've been apart for too long. Yeah, but it's time to bridge the gap. Okay. What, what, is, what is the lie? The lie is dessert for David. God Bell. damn it. Oh, but I did make dessert for Tears for Fears. That's oh. cool. Um, how, how did that happen? I was, um, this was in like 2002. I was living in New York working in pastry at a restaurant called Olives. Um, and they came in and ordered tiramisu. And then they came in the next day and did the same thing. That's amazing. It was like an eleven part. I, I also didn't know you worked in yeah, worked in pastry. That's I did. Yeah, I went to culinary school up there, and then I did like a year and a half, almost two years of kitchen work. So half of it in pastry, half of it um, not quite a line cook, but like yeah, a extern plus. Right on. Um, and then, 
you've been with Washingtonian now for for a while. Forever. Yeah, fifteen years. Fifteen years. Is that what? Actually brought you down to D.C.? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It yeah, wasn't yeah. a dessert that broke you at the camel's back. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> it usually is a Although dish. I was terrible at pastry. Terrible. Why, why is that? Because you have to be so organized. and I, It's just a different brain than I have. And 100%. I'm slow. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I don't. This was like, I mean, I... I haven't been in a professional kitchen for a very long time, but this was the like very screamy chefs. And ah, I yeah, yeah. think that there are some people that that really motivates, and then some people that it just. And this is man the Manhattan heyday of yeah. that what the early aughts, right? Yeah, early aughts, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I can yeah. imagine. But so you, you consider yourself more of a savory chef? Yeah, chef although cook. it's well the the reason I wanted to do pastry is because at home I would I mean baking was what I would normally do like that was kind of my favorite thing and I always. Uh, I went to culinary school after having a magazine job um, with the idea that I would come back to a magazine. But there was like a little part of me that was like, well, maybe maybe I could do pastry professionally. And then I learned very quickly. No. <laughs> is it is it common amongst uh, the food writers and, and, and um, people working at Washington? Do they a lot of them have that kind of uh, background at all? Or no, It's really split. I mean, and I don't think it's necessary. I mean, I. Culinary school is not necessary, in my opinion. I think kitchen work really I would, helps. I would agree, yeah. It really helps. Um, but Anna Spiegel um, went to FCI and then um, worked in some kitchens. and then, um, But Jess didn't and mm-hmm. just came to it from a different way. Yeah. So. Well, uh, fuck. So I, I definitely <laughs> lost that one. But you won. Oh, yeah, I won. I should have yeah. just... I know. <laughs> I should have sat on my cards with you, man. I mean, there's like a little thing of... You know, if you're going to write about food or just like the whole chef thing is, you know, we like junk food. We do. Like, like secretly food. love junk uh, Do you food. like, I mean, Funyuns are... Uh, I mean, I ate them every day in high school. <laughs> 9 a.m. So yeah, <laughs> Funyuns, a Snickers bar, and a Pepsi. I wish it was Coke, but they had Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there is a difference between Pepsi and Coke. Coke is like 1,000 times better. So much better. Who, uh, does anybody Harder defend bubble. Pepsi anymore? I don't... Hmm? Does anybody even defend Pepsi anymore? I just feel like it's... It's just the wash. Yeah. It's Coke all the just way. Let those people be. Just unite the country. <laughs> Come on. Why do you create these divisions? Um, well, as we mentioned, uh, Top 100 came out recently. Um, congratulations. Thank it has you. to be a has to feel good to, to release such a huge undertaking out to the uh, the public wilds. Um, and congratulations, to Anju, who yeah. uh, rang the the number one bell. Um, how have responses been? Honestly, they've been really positive, and I, I didn't really know what to expect because I think I just expected some blowback from readers, not necessarily from uh, from some readers who who think the list should be should skew towards sort of fancier, yeah, um, more special occasion type places. But I mean, so far so good. I, I've been surprised and very happy about it, and. Um, yeah, I'm happy for those guys. I mean, you said in a chat that this was your first restaurant, except for, I don't remember which Fiel one. Amare. Fiel Amare. that was not a tasting menu restaurant. Right. Is but Fiel Amare is yeah. like so... Exactly. It's, yeah, yeah. It's fine dining. But is this kind of like a unconscious or conscious effort to, to highlight restaurants that aren't <laughs> I, a special occasion? It was not chosen because like it was a statement or... It was a really nice bonus that it was such a good value. and um, But I do think that people don't necessarily want to be sitting down to, like, four-hour tasting menus. I think it, it, it 
you kind of think about how people want to eat right now. Yeah. Um, but I, honestly, it was like all about the food for me. Yeah. <laughs> it really was. Um, well, and that, I mean, that kind of, well, I guess before, before we dive into that, um, I mean, when you're compiling such a list, I mean, mm-hmm. is there a mission statement or like a shared sentiment on the purpose uh, or service that this list kind of provides to your readership? Yes. So it's um, obviously the 100 best restaurants, but we kind of look at it as like these are the places that we're most excited to eat at. Um, and that's kind of how we go about the ranking, too. Would you rather go here or go here? Say distance wasn't a factor. Like, um, and, um, and I think the ranking kind of helps make some sense of where places are, even if they're doing really, really well, maybe they weren't as, you know, strong sure. as in the past. And, but, I mean, and to that sentiment though, I mean, they're all, they're all positive glowing reviews. Oh yeah. I mean, that's the thing to be on. The, the list was so tight this year, tighter than it's ever been. Like we had to cut places that we all loved. And, um, and so, yeah, even, even a spot at, you know, in the nineties is really admirable. Yeah. Um, let's talk about like metrics. Cause, uh, I mean, you, you had a whole kind of recent article, um, on how you actually chose the top 100 mm-hmm. on, um, and you, and you kind of talk about how subjective and, and personal these experiences and, and takeaways are. Um, but there's also, there's three other writers mm-hmm. and editors, uh, involved. Um, how tough is it for four di- very different people to kind of, yeah, we have four different people, four different palettes, four different, you know, we all kind of like, we have predilections towards certain things, um, and they're, they're pretty different. Um, but when, but there is like a lot of agreement, um, especially with the top 10, that's usually the easiest part, weirdly, um, it get or the top 20, um, uh, is there, is there, is, is, do people hold veto cards or is there like a, a process for what you can like? No, but that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I, and I guess to follow up to that, like you're, you're kind of the boss, right? Uh, uh, does, does your opinion have a sway over other things? It's really collaborative, I will say. Like, yeah. um, maybe I sort of try to lead the discussion in the ranking, but I, I mean, I feel like we're all pretty equal. I mean, but everyone's, so I think we read that every, every, all the restaurants have been eaten at once. At least. At least once. Is it once between all the writers or once no, overall? Once, once overall. Okay. So you kind of have to advocate, you mm-hmm. know, if it's a place that no, by this point, we've all been doing it long enough that we've kind of all been everywhere, just maybe not this year. Sure. Um, but that's where you have to really step up and advocate for the places that, you know, you, you feel strongly about, uh, you, you know. You kind of have to make a convincing case. I mean, I have I have trouble playing Monopoly with my family. <laughs> Is there? I mean, do things get heated? Uh, they do. They do. Um, people walk out and storm out. No. And <laughs> apologize later over text. Ah, uh, that's never happened. No, but it does get heated. It's long. This this year, it took six hours to do the top fifty, and then like another three hours to do the back end. And the, these are all. Uh, Things that you've written down on, on note cards, essentially, yes. right? That you're kind we of write all the names on. Um, it's right place, and this year we wrote, I think, about like 140 names on index cards, and then we just start with the top 10 um, and kind of move on sequentially. Um, now, I know, obviously, personally, it's it, you, you mentioned it's, it's it's joy, it's excitement, it's pleasure. What other what other factors play into it? Is it originality, service? 
All those things. Yeah. I mean, food is definitely paramount, but yeah, all those things. And there are definitely restaurants that you, you can really like the food, you can respect the food, you can respect the place, but you just don't want to go necessarily. Like it's just for some reason it doesn't add up to a place where you actually want to go. And so that, those are the places that kind of can fall off. Mm-hmm. Um, are there, I mean, are you alluding to other factors that may be like that, like other than ambiance, but just like, you know, social issues that might come to play, how they treat, like how they treat their employees necessarily, or. I mean, y- yes, but that's also tricky for yeah. us because I mean, maybe easier for Anna and Jessica. Cause I think that people, um, I'm a little more removed from, from staff and, you know, Anna and Jessica are interacting more with restaurant folks, but so, um, it, you know, you kind of have to investigate all that stuff. Yeah. And um, what I do is I t- really try and take the temperature of the dining room. I can tell if servers are not psyched to be there. Yeah. I can also tell if, like, a tail-up goat or a Comey, where the servers have been, are super passionate. And, you know, like Comey, they stick around forever. And right. That, I think that really says something. Yeah. Really. And then, I mean, the other thing that I've noticed, and you, would, you guys would know better, but... Um, in a lot of open kitchens lately, it's just seemed happier. Like, oh, interesting. Like, like, looser. And yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I've... Open kitchens used to stress me out because I used to get, like... Like, I used to, you know, right, how like, I used to feel. You're constantly on display and constantly, like, performing and... Right. But, like, even watching them, having worked in one, um, I kind of see it differently. Like, I was at Mini Bar with my husband and... This was like six years ago and he was like that's so cool and I was like oh my god they're so tense yeah. <laughs> this guy's so in the weeds <laughs> um, I mean we I mean when open kitchens first started happening a lot of chefs didn't get the clue that people are watching you yeah. and they would still yell at their chefs and I could think oh, of yeah. a number of experiences totally. where a chef would just be reamed out and you're like this is super awkward. I don't want to see this happening. Yeah. Uh, are you thinking of Hell's Kitchen one through uh, seasons one through nine? <laughs> uh, him, him aside, <laughs> um, where he made a, a spectacle of that. Um, no, it's just not accepted. I mean, my husband and, and I still we went to. I won't say what the restaurant is, but it was like a super long tasting menu, and it was all open kitchen. The chef was standing right there, going, "Hands, please!" Every like four seconds. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, when that. Uh, Open kitchens, I've, and hopefully, have even played into some of that kind of culture going away. Mm-hmm. You know, because they are constantly on display and like constantly being like, "Oh, that guy is a fucking dick." And also, like 20, you know, <laughs> fifteen, twenty years ago, when I was working in an open kitchen, like not much was happening. It was just like where you seared off everything. It wasn't like it was kind of like the performing space, right? right, right. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's still like that. Um, I, no, I, I think it's less. I mean. But it all kind of goes towards the transparency of restaurants in general, not only when you're during service and on the floor, but we all kind of want to know what's going on behind the scenes, mm-hmm. uh, again, with, like, employee benefits and how you're sure. paying your employees, but also, but also like, where are you sourcing your foods and, and is, is everything, you know, on the up and up, mm-hmm. especially with what's been going on, especially in, in our city, too, and in, in, in Spotted Pig and Ken Friedman. Yeah. So... I think it all kind of plays within the same idea. Does, yeah. does that, other than the open kitchens, does that at all play into yeah, some of the I decisions mean, you made? Obviously, like the Mike Isabella situation was kind of a reckoning. And he wasn't going to open any more restaurants. Right. But, you know, we talked about what would happen if he did. And 
it kind of like at that point I kind of shift into what is the reader looking for like does the reader care about this and I think reviewing is different than giving an award like bestowing like a 100 best restaurant award which we were not going to do but if he had opened another restaurant and you know people were still talking about him or or curious or cared then I probably would have reviewed it I mean yeah and at that point you have to do it fairly you can't it's it's a it's a different landscape now it uh, is. And, and and thankfully um, I think yeah. these are questions that we should be talking about and bringing into um, you know where their places and critique and and all these things well I wanted to ask you so I mean I've been thinking a lot about it because the cult, the kitchen culture when I was in it was very militaristic you know um, you really had to work your way up and if you're at the bottom you were like it's called a brigade you, yeah totally brigade yeah. 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 yeah 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 I mean and I couldn't imagine it changing. It's just how it was for so long. But it seems like it is. Like, is I, it? I, or? I, I mean, yeah, I, I think so. I've, I've been fortunate enough to work in kitchens um, where a lot of that is has is, is been downplayed. Um, and also just kind of actual human management is being used instead mm-hmm. of militaristic. Um, and it, it works still. And people don't go home feeling like shit now that's not everybody but I, I i i tend to see like chefs that operate like that still mm-hmm. are, are people that came up in that system and and you know they they were abused yeah and so they kind of feel like they've earned the right to do that to other people um but i mean and you can see it two ways you know in some ways that you know i'm sympathetic to that and yeah others, you can't really give someone a pass for, for acting that way. Exactly. Uh, I just, yeah, there's, I mean, some of the stories I hear, I'm just like, there's no excuse for treating another human like that. I don't care where you're at. Um, but like I said, I've been really fortunate enough to work in restaurants that are so far away from that um, and that yeah. really take a different approach. So it's, it's like, it's, it's great to see that that is changing because it's, it's so harmful. And I think now, if you're a restaurateur, you have to be yeah. on it. I mean, and we're talking, yeah, we're talking about like the you could top go down. Mm-hmm. We're talking about like the top five percent of restaurants in the world. Right. The ninety-five right, percent right, of right. people don't experience this, and this stuff doesn't fly. For the most part, like restaurants are a very corporate culture these days. Yeah, um, and everything goes through HR, and you just mm. can't As be a dick anymore. Be, not it's only that top, yeah, yeah. It's only at that top, super elite, super pretentious, somewhat privileged mm-hmm. echelon that this exists. And it and does. It definitely still exists at those places. I, I've heard the stories, and mm-hmm. I won't drop names, but it's like it's it's still very much a thing. But mm-hmm. again, it's 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 kind of that we're transitioning from that old guard yeah, to, to yeah, new guards. Mm-hmm. Um. When you're coming up with this list, I mean, you're essentially making a romantic mixtape comprised of, <laughs> you know, both pop hits and kind of okay. deep cuts to the to the DC yeah. food scene. Sure. Um, but you're doing it as four people. Yes. Um, do things get lost in the mix through this process, or do you think kind of bounces things um, up? I think that when we, I think that when we rank, you know, we all have our places that we really want to ad- advocate for. Um, so I don't. I mean. Obviously, thing. I mean, it's a huge region. We cover like way into Maryland and Virginia. A lot of our readers are in Northern Virginia, um, so we we are only four people. We can't get to every restaurant, so inevitably, like probably something will get overlooked. I, you know, that's what keeps me up at night towards the end. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Um, like going on message boards, being like, okay. <laughs> 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 I mean, and, and you've done a very good job. And there's like these kind of outposts. It's like, what town is that? I didn't ever heard of that before. Um, I kind of wanted to bring up, because before Baltimore and even as far as Annapolis yeah. used to come up on the list, but mm-hmm. that wasn't, they have not been represented on this list and probably Annapolis, not for a yes. few years. And, uh, this, this year? Yeah, so okay. Preserve was in, is in Annapolis. Okay. Um, but Baltimore was Woodbury Kitchen, and we decided to take that off um, because there just wasn't, re- I mean, there was just so much locally. Yeah. I mean, I've said this before, but, like, doing this list 10 years ago, it was like, all right, we got 95. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh. Yeah. And uh, if you look at, the, I was looking at, uh, at the 2000 issue, and, like, Cactus Cantina was on the 100 best list. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Teratai, yes, The Palm. Yes, yes. Hey, like, they have a special a place in all of our hearts. Different, right, sure. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, there, there are definitely places that I feel like that about, but I don't put them on the list. You know, like, I mean, there's, tons of junky food that I eat every week sure but uh, do you get to the point where you just have to contract the 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 footprint of how far you're willing to go out a little bit but like keep like the suburbs are really important to us so I mean it, it it's it seems like I mean the energy has been kind of concentrated in DC for the past couple of years but um but we really try and get out and right. um and that's what you know that's what takes a lot of time it's, yeah I can it's imagine. a lot of driving um, well, also, I mean, it's just, it's just testament to like how far the DC food scene has come. Yeah. That we're in a place where like not everybody's going to make the top 100. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I can't. And like a that. lot of really, really, really good places. Um, to the, I mean, not. To, to that to that end, though, and the, these are like some kind of head scratchers that we saw. Okay, um, at least for us personally. Yeah. For us okay. personally, for us personally, and we have our own lamb on me. Our, our, our very own uh, dedications. <laughs> this should be our, our, um, our, our rapid fire. Yeah, it should be our rapid fire. <laughs> uh, but like Lucky Buns um, over Red Hen. Like they're, they're side by side, but like how does it come down to like... Are they side by side on the list? Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I mean, at that, I mean, I think we were thinking about... I mean, again, it's like you, you have these arguments. It's so apples and oranges. And then you're like, okay, gun to your head. Where are you going to go? And... And, um, but it's, I mean, ranking is kind of ridiculous in that way. You it know? is. It's like, tough. And it's subjective. It is. It's, um, just by nature. Um, and I'd say that the one big omission that we, we were both, uh, wondering. And, and I usually wear the sweatshirt on Mondays, but I don't, mm. today I'm wearing. He's wearing Combi. I'm, I'm representing Combi. It's a very, it's some of the sexiest, uh, swag I've seen in a while. Yeah, but I, uh, it, it, it. It's descriptive the, of, of a restaurant that I very much like. There's a <laughs> hole in the wall that only seats like three people. Uh, I think meats I know and, what you're going to say. Meats, meats and foods. foods. Uh, I really <laughs> like meats and foods. I actually really wanted to get some places like that on this list this year. I really, like, I would have put Philly Wing Fry on the list if it had stayed open. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought about Hot Lola's. I really love Hot Lola's. And, uh, and Woo Boy, too. And... Um, Unfortunately, like those were kind of the places that got edged out a little bit, like because when you, I mean, when you're just dealing with this fixed amount of space, right? Um, yeah, but I love meats and foods too. Yeah. I love that chili. And actually, yeah, when you're de- dealing with a fixed amount of space, how many people you can you can handle? You said like that. That was kind of the reason why Anju was chosen because these are professional chefs who are. 
can handle the, well, the, 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 a huge influx of people. It's, it's, it's like dick. once you put them on number one, yeah. boom, they're gonna get they're gonna get crushed. So if they were like, okay, say it was Rose's Luxury and it was Aaron Silverman and he had had the pop up and not run a restaurant before and it was five months in, I don't know that like I think it's kind of unfair to do that. It can um, it can go either way. It can be really great or it can really like really change a place or right. kind of you know even make a place collapse a little bit and so that um we kind of a few years ago we when convivial opened we put it really high it was like three months old and we put it number four and again like cedric had been around for a long time and you know and same with danny and scott yeah. i mean I, yeah they've, they've yeah they've done their thing they've done yeah. this for a long long time it sounds like you have like a little bit of a, a an ownership to protect at least certain, or at least like the, the general DC dining scene, as to like you know make sure that you, you what you don't do damn it. Yeah. Like you, you, you know uh, the a little bit of the Heisenberg principle, a little bit of the Hippocratic oath, do no harm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did you because just drop? I had. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Science dork just came out of me. Eye, alone. eye rolls all around. But here. I have seen not many, but I've seen restaurants change and and not for the better when they've gotten a lot of not just from us from from anywhere you know but any any like big spotlight that draws in a completely different clientele yeah uh it really can go a good way um now when you compare like let's say this list to other dining guide lists um like the washington post Mm -hmm. um there's some pretty huge discrepancies (laughs) Um, now these, uh, as discussed, like it's, it's obviously very personal, um, based on your own experiences. Um, but let's say like, you know, rooster and owl, mm-hmm. um, which received a top three mark from Washington post, mm-hmm. um, was 95 mm-hmm. in the Washingtonian. Um, theoretically these would have been critiqued around the same time period. Mm-hmm. So I reviewed it around when Tom did and I gave it three stars. Okay. So, um, and, uh, the critic that reviewed it later, like far later in the game um it was still really really good but maybe just wasn't quite at performing at the level that it had been um i mean is there is there a takeaway for like the public who's you know like who are probably reading both these things mm-hmm. and they're like Ooh. what i know i know yeah and seven reasons too is another one that you know there's such a yeah but i think that i mean i think it's seven reasons case it's it's such a big menu and you can have you can have a very a real varied experience sure. depending on when you go, what you get. And we definitely did. And so we kind of averaged all those out and definitely wanted to keep it on the list, but you know, it landed where it landed. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's take a quick yeah. step out for a second. Um, we, we've just did a serious deep dive into the top 100. <laughs> we'll talk about yeah. other things. Uh, <laughs> and when we come back, we, uh, we have like a lot of other things to talk about, like uh, pizza. Sweet. So we'll be yeah. right back. You're listening to Shift Drink. I'm Matthew Ramsey. I'm Eddie Kim. And we have Ann Lippert.
Welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to Shift Drink on Full Service Radio. Uh, we have Ann Limpert from the Washingtonian joining us. Incognito. Incognito. <laughs> Sick hoodie. Um, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of alarms and bells and whistles went off recently. Um, Tim Carmen has, has talked about D.C. being uh, a pizza town. And most recently, David Chang. Mr. Uh, David Chang. Jumped on the wagon and said, in a tweet, uh, I would argue pizza is what D.C. does best. Is D.C. The best, uh, the best pizza city in America? Keeping in mind, this is David Chang. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Provocative. Yes. But, yeah, yeah. He's very <laughs> extreme but in the opinions. Nobody can deny that D.C. is definitely having a pizza 100%, moment. Yeah. I don't think it's like the greatest pizza city, but I think it's, it's a great pizza city. And I don't think you could have said that yeah. even five years ago. And I, I mean, think... It went through one evolution yeah about like seven or eight years ago yeah yeah quite a number of places came in like right, right about when redhead maybe open mm-hmm. but i think I, it's i'm waiting for is... a third third wave reference in three uh, two <laughs> <laughs> third, third wave pizziolas with uh arm guard arm garters and uh mustaches uh, i'm sorry no <laughs> I, I think its strength is kind of the same strength that DC as a food town in general, which is its variety. And yeah. The fact that we don't have these deep-seated culinary traditions, and we don't have like a chorus of purists who are like, oh, you're using wrong flour, or, you know. Um, so it, it kind of opens the door for more creativity. Uh, and it, it crosses the gambit. I mean, we've seen uh, the rise of, of the Detroit-style pizza this oh, year, yeah. which... Mm-hmm. Uh, did you... Where did, where did you grow up? Here. You did? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I love Detroit-style pizza because it reminds me of... I mean, we had, like, no pizza when I grew up here. It was Armand's, which yeah. was... I don't know if you guys have had it. You, are you from here? I am yeah. from here, but I'm from Northern Virginia. Okay. So I, 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 I'm, I, was, I had that in later in life. Okay. So it's basically, like, super thick bread <laughs> with a really... Like, a blanket of cheese. Yeah. Almost congealed. And then plum tomatoes on top. Oof. But, like, that's what informed my pizza palate. So I can, you know, I can, like, respect so many. But, like, when it comes down to it, like, if I really want pizza, I want, like, thick and cheesy and sloppy. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Detroit is yeah, we're, like we're, that. We're kind of a little bit past that double zero yeah. um, margarita I mean, I certification. Still, I will say, like, the, yes. But, I mean, your 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 two Amy's, your Stellinas of the world, your Pupatellas, I have. So great, yeah. And uh, Timber. I mean, I do timber, love, like, I love, like, the not crazy purist Neapolitan like Stalina like the pizza that Tim mentioned the Cacio Pepe is God, amazing so fucking good amazing uh, the Matriciana is also amazing and like all purpose I mean uh, but it's, we're saying these are all very different pizzas but they're all they're all awesome I'm trying to eat less bread right now oh, so yeah. you're all killing me <laughs> wrong time <laughs> um, well and, the, and I I don't know the name of this place but there's the um the Detroit-style pizza that is only curbside over in Ivy yeah, City? Yeah, Della Barba. It's my favorite. Out is of it? all of them, yeah. It's, he's so good. So he's a, um, Joey Barber is a former corporate defense attorney okay. <laughs> who like, started going to pizza expos. And um, he does all different styles. He does, um, he does New York, Chicago, Detroit. I think the, the Detroit is by far the best. New York's really good, too. Uh, but he's kind of representative. You know, he's, like, not... He's not beholden to one. He's not, like, deep diving. I mean, he, he is. He's, like, you know, he does different sounds sauces like he's, for he's, each Sounds like he's mastering each one, but that's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
That's fucking cool. And yeah. also, yeah, you so you order it, right? And and then he meets you downstairs curbside and you like... Yeah, or I mean, he del- he actually, I've moved, but he when I lived in Logan Circle, he would deliver, or his, you know, it wasn't him. Um, but he's opening a place on Lincoln Park in... I, I, j- I love that so much. It's, uh... Well, Katie Nuremberg is who turned me on to him, and she worked with um, him at um, Union Kitchen. And she said that his station was always like immaculate and he had a little velvet rope. <laughs> <laughs> That's still hurtful. <laughs> well, it reminds me too of that. I mean, uh, what was it? The, uh, like the little taqueria in the apartment? Yeah, in, Julieta. Yeah, in Columbia Heights, where you, they would drop the key down to you. Yep. I was, <laughs> but it's, like, it's, it's kind of that same caliber. This, he's doing everything by the fucking bootstraps. Yeah, and yeah. like you pull up and. Uh, you get pizza. Does he do weed as well? Because that would be amazing. I know, no, not that I know of. Do we? I mean, do we see DC being pro? I mean, yeah, I mean, we would love to think that it's like very pro these these small business owners just putting pulling themselves up by the bootstraps. I mean, but then we see rent rents going up and no one's really doing. And anything And he's also about, a former corporate attorney. Yeah, so exactly. And but then on the other side, I think new legislation is about to go through, allowing for home production of certain food goods. Hmm. Yeah, like loosening up the rest restrictions okay. on that, especially interesting. Yeah, things that like farmers markets. Yeah, no, I worry like, what about you, that. What do you see DC going? I for, so I lived for ten years in Logan Circle, and I kind of watched the evolution of like you know there was Saint X and Park Pilar, and then there was just this huge wave of restaurants. There was one year where like fourteen pretty good restaurants all opened up and then Smoothie King came and you know the chain started coming in and Sephora and, and it really slowed down like the sort of the indie chef type places yeah. really started slowing down and so um, I think that's yeah, you know I hope that kind of developers or whoever kind of pay attention to the play the long game a little bit yeah <laughs> well and I don't know if it's like a, it's just a, a step in any city becoming a bigger city yeah, is that yeah. you know these things become a part of it but uh yeah hopefully and i do think some suburbs are really like crying for places yeah. and and also some parts of dc yeah yeah Still. i mean i guess for next year's issue will you give bonus points to let's say a local kid versus someone from the no. outside <laughs> <laughs> um well, I, and I guess not to, yeah. I mean, we've already covered this, but the, uh, like, uh, Anacostia, um, mm-hmm. there's things happening out there mm-hmm. where these, these were all places that were taken into consideration and kind of factored into the matrix. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. Um, I'm excited to see all yeah. the, all the stuff that's happening. Mm-hmm. Just kind of letting people know that there's stuff happening out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah on the other side of the river. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know that you you have a, a penchant for mellow mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. This is a, a regular regular pleasure of yours. Or is it a guilty pleasure? Is it? A... Um, I so every Friday night I stay in. And, and what is your order? <laughs> so I'll tell you. Uh, every Friday night I stay in. My husband and my daughter and I order it. Uh, we get her a cheese pie now because she won't eat anything. But my order is black olive, onion, and pepperoni extra crispy pizza you have to say that otherwise it comes really underbaked it delivers well and then we get wings because i really like dipping it in hot sauce yeah. and cheese <laughs> it's amazing yes, please it's amazing <laughs> but we've actually started doing red light which is also that travels pretty well that's Ooh, also yeah. detroit 
hard to eat like more than one little slice. So it's it's a decadent pie. I, so I mean, I grew up in Detroit, and I growing up, I just didn't realize that, that was a style pizza. But like now, looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, these all these things are like very. Uh, Wait, so have you had the? I've had red light. I I I, I started off with 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 the basic, but um, I want to go back for the uh, the coney. The coney oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> which has has coney sauce which is essentially like chili uh and and hot dogs i had the one with um, pierogi <laughs> oh yeah. and bechamel right on oh my god which is like a good it's great <laughs> for like a bite yeah 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 <laughs> you're like oh. it's like california pizza kitchen meets uh, detroit <laughs> detroit pizza kitchen we'll go for a full circle and start putting what smoked salmon back in our pizzas again oh, yes man. please <laughs> that, that, that was spago right yeah spago yeah old yep, wolfgang yep. Um, awesome. Well, let's let's transition to our, our next little game, uh, a thing we call know. Rapid Fire. <laughs> Time for the playback. All right, all right, all right. Rapid Fire. Mm. Um, tip of the tongue. Okay. First thing comes to mind. What is is there is there an ingredient that you tend to shy away from, or that kind of just is an absolute turnoff? Uh. So there are things that I don't like, but I'll still eat them because, and I, I feel like I can still kind of be critical about them, even though it's not like pesto. I don't like pesto for some reason. I like everything that goes into it, mm-hmm. but for some reason I just don't like it. The so, combined uh, Voltron uh, doesn't. Canned tuna, I really am not a big fan of. And it's funny because like a lot of picky eaters will eat like you know Starkist tuna, and I'm like that is like the it's stinky. <laughs> it's like it cat is. food. Nothing like that person on the airplane that opens oh. up. Uh, <laughs> Speaking uh, of Bumblebee tuna, just got bought out by a major Taiwanese co- corporation. Oh, yeah. did they? It was on the news roll. I was like, I'm not going to put this in because it's irrelevant. But apparently it is relevant. Okay. It's very relevant. <laughs> there, was a, there was a tuna scandal <laughs> that caused this. I'm going to read up on it. Um, in your writing, is there a words that you will catch yourself using that you will delete afterwards? So every year with 100 Best, there's always like a word that comes up. Because, you know, it's like I edit everything and it's very piecemeal. And so... I don't circle back to it all right away and write, read it all. Um, but then I'm like, oh, my God, crispy, crispy, crispy. Yeah. <laughs> so there's always one. Um, one year was funky. Um, we, we, we tend to overuse uh, wax poetic, we, we find. In our, oh, God. In I, my own, I use it today. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Did you? Yes. I use killer a lot, and I feel like... You know, it has its we, place, but it can you can overkill. We, we, all, we all have these things. Overkill killer. Um, do you have a, a favorite bang bang meal? Or like, have you done a bang bang meal recently? <laughs> bang bang. Oh, the okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. The back to back. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I had a very excellent one in LA. I'll tell you about it later. Man. Yeah. Well, it's not always like it doesn't start off well, but I usually like if I had a if I have like a bum lunch, I'll go to LA. And just get whatever they got. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Kind of equalize yeah. the, uh, the extremes. Oh, so bang bang lunch. Yeah. more oh, wow. than, I would say that more than you dinner. You just blew out his mind. He yeah. didn't even know this was a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't lived until you've done bang bang breakfast, bro. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. I'm, I'm looking through the Proust questionnaire right now. Uh, what... Ooh. What occupation would you be doing if you weren't doing this? Oh, wow. Um, I think that maybe a therapist is what I would want to do. <laughs> awesome. I don't know how great I would I be find, at it. I but find I would... food, cooking, and therapy are all yeah. very interconnected. Um, favorite cookbook that you have in your, uh, in your collection right now? 
so I don't do a ton of home cooking anymore, which is a bummer, but, um, I mean, I do use Allison Roman a lot because her recipes are interesting and they work and they're quick and, right. um, but I don't know if it's the most influential, but I've loved Suzanne Goins, um, Sunday suppers at Luke, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know if you guys have seen it. She's an LA chef and, um, she just has a really good kind of arsenal of staple ingredients and, uh, a lot of her dishes, they're kind of projects, but I kind of like, like, when I am cooking, I kind of want a project. Right. Um, so, her dishes are just beautiful. There's, like, a shard tart and, like, a, yeah. Right on. Other than writing or your profession, mm-hmm. what is your greatest talent? Oh, man. <laughs> you, are, you are hitting up the first questions. I am, I'm, I'm only touching those. I don't know. Singing Let It Go. Don't make me do it. <laughs> <laughs> what if I did it with you? <laughs> that, that'll be the B-sides. Yeah. <laughs> um, you eat pretty much for a living. Mm-hmm. Uh, deathbed meal. That's for stealing my question. So, I think that I would go, like, very nostalgic. My first food memory is having vache with my mom, and I think I was like two or three, so I think I'd have like a vache slice. And I remember not li- like it. I remember when I started liking it, like she'd given it to me before, and I hadn't liked it, and then it was like a light bulb went off, and I was like, oh. and I, I eat vache a lot. Uh, I would get a donut from Jerry's Donuts, which is in Vernon, Connecticut. If awesome. you're ever up there, they do the best jelly donuts. They're like as pillowy as Krispy Kreme, but they fill them with like real jelly, not that uh, nasty nice. pie filling. Um, and then I think I would, this meal makes no sense. I would have like a dozen crabs. Yes. And then for dessert, I would have this I would cake <laughs> that my mom has been making <laughs> since I was a kid called, we call it cloud Ugh. cake. And it's this like super old school. Cloud cake. Cloud cake. It's a super old school. It's called like Wellesley fudge cake. That's its real name. Uh, moist chocolate cake. She puts a little Grand Marnier Ooh. in the middle. And then with like a seven minute frosting. It's so good. Awesome. Yeah. Cloud cake. Cloud cake. That sounds like a stomach ache, but no. it still sounds great. It's like a cloud. It's <laughs> a little, no, no, it's no, not the heavy. entire meal. Oh, I'm talking I know, about the no. entire meal as a whole. <laughs> no, the meal makes no sense, but it's my last meal, so I don't care. And uh, what 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 vinyl or what uh, what what Spotify playlist would you uh, be listening oh. to during this? Wow, um, probably something that would relax me. So, uh, tip of the tongue, maybe like Jenny Lewis. Jenny Lewis, awesome. Well. Oh. Thank you for joining you. us yeah. today. Oh, thanks for having it's me, been guys. really fun. Awesome. Um, and we got to drink martinis oh, so at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. They're like Monday. afternoon martinis. They are we're afternoon even, martinis. We're not, we're not, not even, even going to... We're not even madmening it up. Right <laughs> I know. Um, not going to stagger home. You can listen to this week's or uh, revisit uh, previous episodes on iTunes or wherever you grab your podcasts, uh, including Spotify, um, and iTunes uh, find us on all the social medias as at shift drink DC don't forget to throw us a review on iTunes it really does make an impact or give us a one star review on Yelp which does <laughs> we don't give a crap about uh, we actually it's been a second since we got a, a one star on Yelp yeah, so yeah, someone's gotta do it we need to revisit that you can bit. give us a one star review in Washingtonia we don't mind okay wait Thank they you. have podcast reviews on Yelp is that a thing? No, but no, we created a specific kidding. page yeah. okay. so that we could be the worst and nobody else has got to it. be. Got it, got it. Maybe they'll create like a food delivery based off of our right. show. <laughs> um, 
Don't <laughs> called deathbed meal. Uh, uh, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, don't forget to. Oh no, we, I already said that. Uh, a special thank you to Jeffrey Lamoureux for intro <laughs> music and DJ Rec Tech for our hilarious sound effects. You can catch the hundred best list, uh, the hundred very best list on uh, at various newsstands across the region. Um, thank you. Thank you guys. Yeah, thank you. Until next week. Next week. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at Full Service RDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening. 